This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. right coverage of tough as nails season four here on rob has a podcast hi everybody mike bloom here part of this savage crew to unearth another episode of tough as nails season four i look like curious george is the title and of course i am joined by somebody who has her own experiences with a curious george not the titular one jessica lee's jess how are you I'm doing great, Mike. I pre-hammered all my nails, so I'm ready to just get in there and, and go to work. Is that the equivalent to that one Renap listener that called out Rob for having quote-unquote pre-written bits? Is that like the podcasting version of pre-nailing your boards while you're building a play box? I mean, possibly, yes, but I want to make it clear that, I, and I'm sure nobody would ever accuse me of pre-writing my bits because... I don't sound nearly as polished as Rob does in these moments. Well, we mention Rob, of course, the usual crew boss behind our coverage of Tough as Nails, who has a clocked out at the moment, but he is still going to work in a very different way. Of course, we are recording this on Thursday morning, in which case Rob this week has undertaken quite a Herculean effort when it comes to the world of podcasting. The Traders has dropped its U.S. version all 10 episodes all at once over on Peacock. And so Rob and Puya Zambakili are truly putting in the work, valiantly covering it by watching an episode, then immediately podcasting about it, et cetera, et cetera. Probably as physically taxing as, you know, bringing back 40 trees. So we uh, give a, a lot of heart and, and, you know, wellness to these two guys as they undertake this endeavor for the next 48 hours. 
But of course, that means that Rob will not be here for our coverage. Just who should be the crew boss between us? Who's going to step up in this moment of need? Well, Mike, I honestly, I feel like you have a lot of experience in this arena and I think you're ready. I think you've been looking for a chance to prove yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit, you know, I have been talking and I feel like nobody's been listening, though. Maybe that's just been the comment section firing off against me. But I've got a lot of experience hosting podcasts. And I think that really applies to this task of hosting a podcast. Wait, what? I, what can you can you run that by me again? I wasn't listening. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into episode three of Tough as Nails, which had us going from, you know, the browns and grays of the construction pit to the greens and perhaps the grays of the skies, the rainy skies, as it were, of the Arboretums. We are going green in this episode of Tough as Nails, exploring the plant nursery and everything therein. I will say, Jess, this episode reminded me, I think we talked a lot last week about all the things we really enjoy about Tough as Nails, but this episode reminded me of, of one key thing that I really do enjoy, which is the breadth of challenges. I feel like specifically in season two, we really started to see the scope widen after season one of like, cool, we got to do all these really fun tasks. Do we keep doing these same tasks or do we explore beyond? I feel like Toughest Nails has done a really admirable job of exploring a lot of areas that deal with your layman, right? With your, your working man and working women outside of what you think of, of construction workers, cement mixers, masons, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a very key example of that. I never would have thought we would go to a plant nursery and do a bunch of gardening tasks therein. But I think it's a really good reminder of how Tough as Nails is willing to explore so many different vocations, not only to give the contestants and the viewers something new to do, but I think also to expose the audience to perhaps, uh, you know, the people that work behind the scenes of the things we take for granted. Yeah, sure. I never thought too much about where do trees come from? And now I have my answer. And I think it's really it's really fun to see like this is what a job in this field would entail. And I think maybe somebody out there who's thinking about pursuing some kind of career in uh, a more blue collar field might look at this and say, hey, you get to be outside. And I mean, you weren't in the best weather there, but it's Southern California. Like they basically lost the you know, they lost a, a game with very long odds that day. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the time you got you're out in the bright sunlight. You get to be around trees. It's, you know, it's fulfilling work, I think. And it looked like it looked like they were having a lot of fun. Some of the tasks that they are assigned on Tough as Nails don't look as much fun as this. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective to explore. Of course, it is timely in a manner of speaking in that of course now we're dealing with this very rainy weather in the california coast in a week where they have also mm -hmm. dealt with a lot of weather and flooding so it ends up timing out really oddly but let's get right into it let's start with the damn van because i'm curious jess obviously after a bit of a kerfuffle last week and a lack of communication savage crew in true savage crew style is gonna say like we got our bickering out of the way now we're ready to sort of put our heads down, work better as a team. Obviously, that's going to play out here. I'm curious from your perspective, is this the last of the Savage Crew drama? You think we sort of just front loaded it in the first team challenge, essentially, and now they're going to be copacetic for the rest of the season? I mean, God, I hope not. I mean, I agree. We're, we love good TV. And, and I think 
it, I think it would be really anticlimactic if they just worked it all out. Like, yep, oh, we solved every problem. Everybody gets along now. The end. I think we're going to see more conflict and I think we'll see conflict on both sides. Um, I hope we do because damn van bickering is what makes tough as nails go around. Something else that happens in the dirty hands damn van is we get a bit of a backstory as we talked about this. I think Jesse mentioned it last week, right? The, the editing of Tough as Nails and the personal story bump of it all. I feel like they show shades of it sometimes where if we know someone's either going to do really well or really badly, we tend to get a little bit of their backstory thrown in here. This is the case with George, who Ali very astutely brings up like, hey, you're a year younger than me, but you act like a man who's 20 years older than me. And we find out that's because George has kind of been given this responsibility at a young age due to the tragic passing of his father to take that mantle on as head of household in a manner of speaking. He was a literal big brother. And I thought for an episode that really brought up probably the most purple character of the season so far in George, it was obviously going to be a big episode for him. And I'm happy we got some background to sort of supplement that. Yeah, like I think he's definitely been one of the characters that we've learned the least about. And I was surprised to learn that he was that young. I think it has come up at one other point last week, but you really wouldn't know from looking at him, like the way he carries himself is not the way a typical 25 year old would carry themselves. Yeah. And what I find interesting is this is skipping a bit ahead to the individual challenge, but like Bill's going to point out, right, how much the younger contestants kind of kicked butt in this episode, right? Between George, Allie and Laren. And we have relatively had three older winners. Uh, and I think a lot of that is not coincidental, right? It comes from this idea of the longer your feet are touching ground on this planet, the more experiences you build up. And therefore, the more likely you'll be able to do well at all these random odds and ends tasks that the show throws your way. Do you think there's a possibility given this season that we might actually see a younger person win just due to the composition of this cast? I honestly think that's what that would be gold for tough as nails. If that was what mm -hmm. was going to happen, because I think part of the message of tough as nails is being tough as nails, as it were, transcends your age and your gender and your background. It's you can gain life experience, but you can also um, it's also about like the skills you learn along the way. Like the real tough as nails is the friends we make along the way. Um, and I think they would love to have a younger winner this season just to drive home the point that it's not all about necessarily it's, it's all about your mindset mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, you can be, you can be tough as nails, whether you're 50 or 25 and it's something the show prides itself on having tasks that, can be won by just about anybody um, on the right day. So they're really showcasing a lot of backgrounds and a lot of versatile skill sets. And I think to have a younger winner this season would really drive that point home. Speaking of said tasks, let's drive on up to Devil Mountain Nursery. Now, I talked about this last week that this might be, you know, the first season that goes meta with everyone knowing Phil, knowing the show. We get it here with Sergio, right, where he does his best Phil impression sans accent about how he'd introduce a challenge about planting a tree. I love this. Sergio is is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. Like he's just very quippy. He's kind of he's kind of one of the narrators, I think, of the season so far. And I like that it, it really shows that Phil has formed a bit of a connection with them. 
And you can tell that he really has gotten to know these people. and They've gotten to know him very well. Um, it was a spot on impression. Yeah, if we're being honest. Well, I think we get to see a very different side of Phil that even the contestants don't know about in the introduction to the team challenge. So a little bit of the survivor mixed in, right, as everyone's kind of huddled in the rain. Phil in his wide brimmed hat is here to introduce the team challenge, where essentially they're going to go through this, you know, plant nursery, pull 40 trees for a work order. Only thing is, all the tree names are in Latin or Greek. But don't worry. We have an expert. It's phone a friend, or should I say, phone a dad. Jess, can you talk about the history of Phil's dad appearing on Phil's shows? Because this is not the first time we have seen Mr. Kogan. No, we went to Phil's hometown, an amazing race. Um, was it season 22 that they did this uh, where he was the greeter? Yeah, I want to say it was either 22 or 16, maybe. I'm yeah, because there were two seasons where they were in New Zealand and one of the seasons he was called out as being the greeter and like the first people hit the mat he's like hi i'm phil's dad and i feel like at the time we kind of went on a tangent about well maybe the next the next set of tasks should be at phil's house and you have to do his laundry and um but i i think like phil has often said that uh you know his dad is one of his big inspirations Mm -hmm. and to to reach out to him in this moment, I really, this is one of those times, like, I feel like I would like to have Phil on the podcast this week to hear the, hear about how this came to be and where the idea came. Although I have to be honest, if my, if my son ever hosts a reality show and he wants me to film a setup for a task, I would not want him to insinuate that like trees are growing out of the ground in the time it takes me to explain this thing. Yeah, and I was like, going to say, like, they, they, like, Phil they did him dirty. Bad. And yeah. they, they did him dirty hands, I think. They really gave him the dodo edit. And I'm sure Phil's dad took it in stride. Uh, I will also just do a f- quick fact check. It was uh, apparently leg four of season 13 of The Amazing oh, okay. Race sure. was the high I'm Phil's dad. But yeah, initially I thought it was just going to be like, Fun and cheeky. I love the lower third. That was what like John Kogan, our uh, agronomist, a.k.a. Phil's dad. And then they like make him seem like he's Ben Stein from Ferris Bueller's Day Off of just like going on and on about these trees. I do find it interesting from like a sound perspective, right? Because not only was it coming from a phone, but it was also like raining cats and dogs. Do you think the contestants were actually hearing what John Cogan was doing going through everything? Do we think it was like just something they said, oh, react to? Were they playing it over loudspeakers or something? If I had to guess, I would say they probably had a multimedia setup that they wanted to do for this. Like they might have wanted to patch him in on a larger screen, but because it was pouring rain, they couldn't do that. I feel like the phone was maybe their way of compensating for that. And I would guess they probably got to listen to enough of it. I mean, was anything that he dispensed, anything that they found actually useful during the task? It really doesn't seem like you can read it on the thing and you can read it on the sign. I kind of feel like this was this is a little superfluous. It wasn't information that you needed in order to perform the task. But God, was it fun. It was, it was great. It was so fun. Not only, again, to show, I think, how loosey-goosey Phil is, perhaps compared to The Amazing Race, where I think we remember him being a bit more stoic with the eyebrow popping. To your point, I think alluding to what allowed him to come up with this idea of tough as nails in the first place, right? All the manual labor that exists in his family. But then also at the same time, it's akin to making a show or a movie about your family 
and then bringing said family to the premiere to be like, hey, we're going to watch, you're going to watch the way I feel about you play out across the screen. And either Phil's dad was totally for it or was like, you ungrateful little turd. I would imagine it was the former, but I love that it continued into the credits as well. I thought it was just like a perfect piece of editing. Yeah, and, and it's so soothing. Like, I, I feel like there's some ASMR to be had out oh, of this. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was just, I, I, I mean, they could have showed the whole the whole clip for me they don't have to edit it and make it feel like time is passing i would just listen to phil's dad talk about plants yeah that was like legitimately a a very comforting voice and presence i think honestly bob ross once talked about happy little trees i think we need phil's dad to do his own bob ross and talk about a literal version of the happy little trees and just go through a forest and just give us fun facts with your with your very you know placid soothing ephemeral voice and like that's something that would put me to sleep in a way that i i mean it to not in any sort of insulting way yeah this is a podcast i would just do nature walks with john cogan yes yeah, sign me up john I, will, cogan, I will support that patreon yeah john cogan also sounds like a bit of like a naturalist right almost like a, a david attenborough you know it sounds yes. like the name of somebody who would walk amongst the trees and talk about them copiously yes absolutely i I definitely now I want this podcast to happen. And look, it's equal opportunity clowning, because while we do sort of make fun of John Cogan going on and on, we also have a segment in the middle of the challenge where we make fun of the fact that none of these people know how to speak or pronounce Latin. Yeah, which, you know, this there was a lot of shades of amazing race in this episode. Yes, these were very amazing racy tasks because, you know, how many times amazing race has had tasks that were a clowning on people's ability to pronounce things mm-hmm. B, give them a list of stuff and tell them to go and get it that's like every amazing race task ever and C, here is a thing i want you to build this thing with this pile of stuff like not to skip ahead mm-hmm. but it was very much any of these tasks i think could have been airlifted into a season of the amazing race and we would not have known the difference This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, in particular, this team task, I felt like we have seen this before at some point, right? Just like transplant mm-hmm. 
unpot the plant nursery from California and put it in like Ecuador. And this would be an amazing race tag. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But I really enjoyed that because, again, it doesn't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel here. It could still adapt those things that we like about competitive reality TV. So here it is about being detail oriented, right? It's going up to this directory, finding the trees. And if you don't know how to pronounce them, you can certainly spell them, packing them into the truck and the Kabuto, whatever Pokemon they were referring to. Kabota. Kabota. Yeah. I like that. Is that is that it's a tractor brand. Oh, okay. Now now that makes a lot more sense. So it's like Kleenex, essentially. Kind of. Yeah. So pack those up and then pack them all into the truck at the end of the day. A couple of interesting things to note here. Certainly the rain had a bit of an effect in the beginning with their inability to write down what numbers to go to. But here comes Jake. He may disparage the bright yellow raincoat that he had on. But I'll tell you, he loves the lining behind it. Yeah, this was a this was a good moment for Jake. I mean, Phil alluded to this at the at the start of the season. He mentioned to us this leg in particular. Why am I calling it a leg? This is not the amazing race. This yeah. episode in particular, these tasks um, in the middle of this rainstorm was a particular highlight of the season. And I I see what now what he was talking about, because it was it did add an extra layer of difficulty. But also, I think this is the most at ease I've ever seen people in the rain. Maybe I'm just used to people suffering on Survivor. Right. And, you know, they did have those wonderful Carhartt rain gear. I know, things. shades of uh, Survivor Borneo when they got to wear those yellow raincoats throughout. Yeah, no kidding. Although I, I have to say, I, I they might have been a little disappointed that they didn't have orange raincoats. Mm-hmm. The Savage crew had to wear the yellow. Um, I, yellow is a classic raincoat color, but I think it, 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 and it coordinates with the orange, but it just wasn't quite the same. Yeah, maybe Savage Crew should have worn yellow and Dirty Dirty Hands should have worn like Paddington blue. Like these are close enough. Like when you're yes. making Survivor tribes, they're like, well, you can wear shades of red and pink and yellow. Like try to diversify it a little bit. Uh, instead, we're still trying to get together who's on what team didn't help when they were all wearing the same outfit here. Right, right. And it, it was sort of like, are, are we now the factions in Divergent here? We've got our like color palette. Uh, so another big thing that the rain impacted, though it seemed like, again, to your point, these people really seem to, to tough it through, was the idea that these trees typically weigh, what, 50 to 60 pounds. Now they are sopping wet, which now essentially you're carrying a big old bucket of mud in addition to the tree. We saw Renee really valiantly, perhaps the high point of her episode, be able to just push through. But I would imagine... To your point, that's what made this task like almost extra epic in the fact that it wasn't just scoop on by, pick up a little ficus and then move on. They had to legitimately carry what seemed like almost 100 pounds of plant each way. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't make the task impossible, but it definitely added a wrinkle to it that people had to work around. And yet you really couldn't have planned that better. Like, would this task be half as interesting if it was sunny and warm out? Right. And wrinkles much like the ones on their hands by the end of this, considering how much in the rain they were at. The one final thing I'll point out, because it does come down to what seems like the last batch of trees where dirty hands kind of makes this critical error. They were out in front the entire time. They were efficient. Beth is this crew leader. But there seems to be a miscommunication where essentially it seems like from her perspective, her team almost like, I don't know, gaslit her into believing that they already had the trees and they actually didn't. And so they go out to to try to rectify their mistakes. And I'll go back to Amazing Race, Jess. The edit on who pulled up with the final batch of trees 
very much reminds me of old school amazing race right Uh oh two teams are racing to the mat and we get the first person perspective of approaching the mat to see phil and the greeter where we don't know who it is until we get that wide shot and i feel like we got that here right with phil and aaron i think the judge was waiting around the corner for that truck to pull through yeah yeah we definitely got it here and similarly to amazing race i don't think it was that close but they edited it to make you think it was any thoughts about the Savage Crew win here or the, the I guess maybe even more so the Dirty Hands loss due to just the one mistake that Beth made? Well, it's something we see over and over on Tough as Nails. And I have to wonder, is there something that future teams could do to prepare for this? But I would say like three quarters of task losses come down to communication. Mm-hmm. It, come, it comes down to how well are you able to get your point across to other people and understand each other. And are there like, should they be doing team building exercises? Should they, they be playing telephone in the damn van? Mm, yeah, do trust falls right outside before Phil ends up starting the day. Right, right. We need to figure out how to preemptively work on your communication before it tanks your tasks. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what it comes down to uh specifically from the team aspect right individual it's almost always going to come down to like lack of attention to detail as we'll talk about in the individual challenge this week understandably with the concept of teamwork it's almost always going to hinge on communication so yeah i'm not sure maybe you do something like you play that game where you try to count to 100 but only one person can say a number at a time to try to figure out how you can fill in each other's blanks here it's uh unfortunately uh, dirty hands does not remain on top they are now down two to one but good on savage crew laren decided to step up right he said my voice wasn't heard let me make myself the loudest voice in the room here it seems like he didn't do anything wrong i didn't necessarily see anything that was like sterling from him but i think the fact that they got a win under his leadership means something yeah i think he did. i think he did great um it it's really it really was the story to your point it was the story of like dirty hands not winning rather than Savage Crew winning. And I don't think it's the third episode. It's the third episode. I don't think you can make that much of them being down by one because somebody by math, like it is math. Somebody would be down by one at this point, (laughs) unless they were down by three. So it's, I I think it's hard to, I, I think it's really, it's really hard to, say that one team is pulling ahead of the other right now. I think they're still pretty evenly matched. And, you know, I don't want to see them like trade off back and forth, like take turns winning. But I think it's I don't think it's a harbinger of future failures for sure. It may be recency bias, but I do feel like from the past three episodes, this group of teams are maybe the most evenly stacked I've seen on mm-hmm. Toughest Nails. Now, I know, obviously, We've had two seasons that I think have ended. I think actually maybe all three seasons have ended in like a five to four victory with one team over the other. Uh, And I would imagine maybe that's the case here. But it seems like we've been getting a lot of neck and neck victories uh, with across all challenges, with perhaps the exception being last week's overtime. Let's go to the individual challenge here, because this was the stuff that most reminded me of the amazing race, Mm -hmm. not specifically building things, but more specifically there is one crucial detail that seemingly yep. everybody makes. Yep. I, I thought about this so much. Well, because we had basically this exact challenge on Amazing Race last season where mm-hmm. you had to put together the cart and 
fill it up with wood. And then if it fell apart, you had to go back and do it again. And this really, the judge coming around and say, and saying like, it's good or it's not good was very reminiscent of amazing race and the little camera zooming in on the one piece you did wrong. All yeah. we needed there was like the little gamelon in the background. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the individual challenge at this time is to move a magnolia from a 15 gallon bucket into a planter, the planter that you have to build itself. Uh, and so really the, the narrative of this challenge seems to be, People are getting off to a hot start, right? Sergio, obviously, with his carpentry experience, feels like he has this in the bag. Laura is making a good decision from Sunithia's perspective of pre-nailing all her wood. But everyone seems to get held up at the corners. There seems to be this one detail where there are essentially two slats on each corner, one that has notches, one that does not. And it seems like just the vast majority of the time, the mistake that was being made was that people essentially flip-flopped them. Uh, it didn't affect the banding they were doing at all, but essentially it made sure that it was not picture-perfect to the example. Right, and the the band would get misaligned if it didn't have the notches in exactly the places it needed to be. I think that's a longevity thing, I would guess, knowing absolutely nothing about building planters. But I liked I liked that there were many steps to this task. And then it wasn't just a building. It was also there was some manual labor involved. You had to get dirt. You had to repot the plant. Then you had to spray paint the stencil on there. It was a lot of a lot of steps. And the end product looked like something that maybe the tree nursery could actually use. And I love that about Tough as Nails, too. Like Amazing Race, you know, they're just throwing out everything people finish. But I feel like there's some civic improvement projects being done along the way on Tough as Nails. And again, that's another thing. I think I'm going to have to get into get into Phil's Twitter and ask him what happens to all the stuff that people on Tough as Nails build. Yeah, uh, I will say maybe don't keep the ones that Mr. and Renee built because those seem mm. like the houses of straw from the three little pigs. Like they seem like they're going to fall over at any minute. Yeah, I. but that's down to that's down to them not not doing the typical tough as nails thing of I'm in last place, but I'm going to do the best job possible to the bitter end. I was surprised that didn't we didn't see that or it wasn't yeah. played up as much. Yeah, I mean, what was interesting about this whole slats thing was for some people, it seemed like, OK, I just have to switch them and I'm good. But people like Renee and Mr., it seemed like the reason their structures were falling apart is because maybe they felt like or they had to, like, take the entire thing mm -hmm. and start all over again. I'm not sure what the difference was, whether it was just the construction or maybe everyone had to take it apart and start all over again. And we just didn't see it. But I felt like their trajectories, obviously, they're the bottom two, were very different than the people who finished in the yeah. top, even though they made the same mistakes. Well, it's also down to the judge doesn't tell you. And we've talked about this on Amazing Race a lot. The judge doesn't tell you what you got wrong, just that something is wrong and it's on you to figure out what it is. And if you don't know what it is, maybe the only thing you can think of to do in that moment is start all over. Where I think if I'm understanding the notching issue, correctly i think all you had to do is take the sides off and move them around mm -hmm. but if you really truly do not know what's wrong you might start prying up boards and kind of burning the whole thing down so you can get a real handle on what you're doing the biggest drama that comes from this challenge nay perhaps this entire episode 
is what happens with Sergio. First, let me ask you, Jess, as I think the keeper of the term five hole, is this a five hole for Sergio, the way he was kind of presenting it initially? If he had been in, if he had wound up in the bottom, I think it would be a five hole. But he didn't wind up in the bottom and it didn't really, I think his injury was what screwed him up more than anything else. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily term that a five hole. Right. And so what we're, you're mentioning is the fact that Sergio apparently injured his back a while ago. It hasn't been aggravated since, but surprise, surprise, when you're in like a high adrenaline reality TV show that has you schlepping yourself back and forth for hours at a time doing all this stuff, it's bound to re-aggravate some old wounds here. And we do see Sergio kind of like dramatically get on the ground, though in retrospect, I think it was just for him to like stretch his back out. It was like he was experiencing some cramps. So look, I'm going to surprise everyone and say I'm far from a medical professional. No, I'm curious, Jess, uh, because it seems like after the break, we had some guy with a mask approach Sergio's back and like spray something on it. Is that like a spray form of Ben Gay or did he accidentally like stencil something on Sergio's back instead? I mean, those things exist, so it's possible that there was something. But he's also he's rolling around in the dirt like it could have been some kind of antiseptic situation. I don't know, but I can see I really. I really liked that he kind of fixed himself in that moment. I like that his back was bothering him, but instead of freaking out about it or trying to push through the pain, he knows the thing to do that's going to alleviate the pain and he does it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. Um, I've no idea what was being sprayed there, but there are some like topical, like tiger balm situations that you might want to do. Um, and overseas, you know, you can get, you can get like a topical Advil. You know, mm. that's a thing. Like we don't have that in the States, but in Europe, it's everywhere. So it's probably some sort of like just muscle relaxing, pain relieving thing. Yeah, I, I know that it obviously had to be used, but I found it funny that we had this entire episode being like, aren't trees great? Also, here comes this aerosol spray that we're just going to copiously spray on his back <laughs> and into the ozone layer. Right, right. Well, they're also using spray paint. Um True. It's it's just, um, you know, CFCs all the way down. Um, I feel like I also like that they're not. That they're not making him run on the injury, like they're going to treat him on the spot and not have it tank his entire entire game, because I think like Survivor, that sort of thing, if you injure yourself in the middle of the course, they're just going to tell you to either rub some dirt on it or they're going to pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's like. You'll do a thing if you were on the job and this happened, this is what you would do. And then you would keep going. And I appreciated the realism of that. Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, obviously, last amazing race season is very heavy on our minds. Right. What happened with Emily with her injury that continued to re-aggravate throughout the entire season, uh, perhaps not costing them a win, but certainly leading to them not doing as optimally as they would have near the end of the race. Is this Chekhov's back injury, in your opinion? Or to your point, do you think getting some R&R between these episodes will have Sergio right as rain that was pouring down on them in the beginning of the episode? That was that was so bloom. Um, <laughs> I think we may see it again. I don't think it's setting up to be a through line for the season. Um, although they could have just as easily not shown it. It was something that didn't ultimately have any bearing on 
the outcome of the show, except that he finished a little behind. But, you know, half the you know, half the players finished behind. That's what finishing behind is. We didn't have to explain why. Um, so it's possible that we're going to see it again. And, you know, many of the tasks on Tough as Nails do require you to strain your lower back. So it is is possible we'll see it again. But I also don't think they dwelled enough on it that I feel like it's going to be a serious ongoing concern. Yeah, it really reminded me of last season. And people can fact check me on this because obviously I didn't study it as closely because we weren't covering it. But I remember there was an individual task where they were like picking cilantro, I want to say. And I think Alfie, who was uh, sort of the Sergio type, like Mm -hmm. older man, uh, you know, wise beyond his years, had a lower back injury aggravated. And like he had his own moment, right, where he was like, laying on the ground trying to get through it and i don't think anything really came of that though i think you didn't last that long in the individual game so we'll see uh you know next episode it looks like we're doing stuff with cars if that involves a lot of like crouching or working underneath things that might have his injury get more aggravated sooner rather than later yeah, we might see a situation where they are figuring out who's going to do what aspect of the task. And he might say, I can't do this thing that requires me to crouch down. Mm. So that may influence um, how they attack a task in the future. So as we talked about before, George note is the first one to notice his crucial error and just runs away with it. And as we mentioned last week, now winning individual challenges comes with cash prizes. So George now gets $3,000 for what seems to be his upcoming wedding. So yeah, a real banner thing for George. Just I know we talked, we didn't really talk last week about like winner predictions or anything like that. Now that George, I think, has kind of caught up to everyone else in terms of the edit, do you think he is a front runner to win? I don't necessarily see that. I mean, I think as much as we talk about like the younger contestant having a victory would be a really cool story for the season. I don't know that I necessarily like his winner chances any more than I did before. Um, But I think he's obviously he's not out of it. I think it improved his chances for sure. Um, But I just want to say again, how much I love that they're getting a prize Mm -hmm. on top of that for winning the individual competition, because, you know, the giving you a game advantage was always so hard to explain. And it was, it was always so uneven and you never knew what you were going to get. So I like this for the show. It's not that much like it's a drop in the bucket considering the budget of a TV show. And it's really something that makes a difference for the contestants. So I, I'm happy to see him win money here. And I like that it's, you know, it's going to go to something good. Yeah. I mean, we certainly saw it be used a bit strategically in the first season specifically, right? Like when, okay, Murph is, uh, Danny's going to partner up with Murph and try to like create these other pairings, but he wants to partner up with the strongest person to try to win the challenge. But other than that, yeah, I mean, give me $3,000 over choosing the order of the next individual challenge any day of the week. Cause that's something tangible that I could take home with me Mm -hmm. as opposed to something that may not necessarily work out for me. So congratulations to George. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not so hearty congratulations to Mr. and Renee, who end up at the bottom here. Mr. Uh, is unfortunately out of his comfort zone here, despite the fact that he builds dog houses, bird houses. Jess, I'll be completely honest. Maybe this is the millennial in me. I didn't actually know that people were still buying and building dog houses and birdhouses in 2023. I thought that was a thing you did in Boy Scouts and then never again. Yeah, I thought that was a thing that came from the era of Snoopy and Woodstock, who would probably live in said doghouse and birdhouse. I mean, I've seen doghouses and birdhouses, but I've not I've not heard of anybody having that as a hobby. It was more so the this is a one-time craft project you do. And the reason people have birdhouse outside their outside their home is because their kid made it for them in shop class. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I guess you still need them. The dogs and birds need homes. I think dogs now, I think they you don't keep them outside overnight, so they don't need houses as much, but birds certainly still do. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've just found that interesting as it well. Was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, Mr. Perhaps removed from time here. He's certainly not building plant houses anytime soon after uh, what ended up happening. I think he, what did he say after the challenge? He's like, my bog, my planter fell apart and then so did I. <laughs> yes, I thought that was, that was pretty good. And he's, he's kind of dry. I like Mr.'s delivery on things. He's very cold, if you will, as is <laughs> appropriate for Mr. Frost. Yes. Uh, well, let's go into overtime here. It is Mr. versus Renee. And in this case, they have to, uh, it's sort of a combination, actually, I feel like, of the, the team challenge and the individual challenge. Maybe it's just because there's not that much to do at the plant nursery besides those two things. Go find some trees, bring them back, repot them, place them on the truck, drive off into the sunset. You're golden. Yeah. And I don't even think there was it didn't seem like the finding aspect of it was that complicated either. It looked like here are your trees and it didn't seem to matter what order you did them in or um, nobody got the wrong one. It yeah. was it was pretty much I think it was just sort of trying to do that thing with the that they used to do with the Survivor Final Four challenge where it's like you're going to do this piece of this task and this piece of this task. Um, so, yeah, I didn't hate this. I like the soil machine. I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool because I, if if you're looking to work at a tree nursery and the blocker for you is the fact that you have to shovel stuff into wheelbarrows all the time. Like, look, they got a machine for that. It's not so bad. Yeah, I really liked it because I was hoping that someone would get so out of control that we get like a Lucy at the chocolate factory. <laughs> situation, but they're just holding on to plants and trying to shovel all the dirt into their shirt to try to prevent it from uh, overloading everything. Yeah, just get buried under a giant mound of soil. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, Renee, I think here, if we're going with like YX lost, I think it was sort of death by a thousand cuts. 
where, you know, she does end up getting, I think, one of the 24 trees wrong. Old little Ollie was the thing to do her in. Then she is able to catch up, right, by doing this interesting strategy of like, I don't need to put the plant down and then put the dirt down. I'm just going to put a little bit of dirt down, put the plant on top, and then put more dirt on top like you're uh, buttering popcorn at the movies. <laughs> the problem was, I think at one point, the butter got a little too much out of control and she was overfilling things. Then there was something that Allie pointed out where like she was supposed to stack four across and instead she stacked three across so she couldn't fit everything at the end of the day. All that is to say, it's fairly neck and neck at the end. It comes down to literally the last plant, but... I, I pretty much thought Mr. had it in the bag once we started seeing these small mistakes from Renee. Yeah, it really it didn't seem like we were seeing much of what Mr. was doing. He was just kind of steadily working. And that's never a good sign if you're not that person who's steadily working. Right. And uh, so Renee becomes the second eliminated here. It's interesting. You know, our first two boots are one of the younger contestants and one of the older contestants. True to what you say about like, listen, you can have the most experience in the world or the least. You could be the strongest person in the world or not. Sometimes you just don't have your day. And I think, unfortunately, this was not Renee's day. Yeah, I think just a combination of things. And you can't really point to one specific thing, which I think I think that's the way I'd want to go out of a show. I don't want to point to one specific thing for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like if, she, if she doesn't want to plant any trees for a while, I'm going to understand it. But there's not like... She's not going to have strangers on the street running up to her and being like, how dare you not get the Ollie correct? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to name your fourth child Ollie after this? I don't think so. Mr. Speaking of family has an interesting comment after winning this challenge. Phil asks Mr. What's on the line for you? Mr. Frost replies a legacy and claims those sort of walks it back saying, OK, this is only in my head. But he says if I don't win, my family won't look at me the same way again. Very much Derek X vibes, Jess. Yeah, very much. Uh, I hope he can go home after this. <laughs> I think I, I didn't love the way this was structured here, where we spent so much time on the winner um, when somebody is clocking out of the game at this point. Mm. And it was just like. I don't know. I felt a little bad for Renee in this moment where we're going to celebrate the triumph of the person that was responsible for getting you out of the game. And it's yeah. not really in the spirit of tough as nails, I guess. I mean, could it be going off of how Sinithia reacted last week that at this point in tough as nails where the formula is a bit known where Sergio can predict Phil's opening lines for the episode that they're just not really concentrating on the elimination because the person's still going to be around for the team challenges. I think so. I think that's definitely, they don't want to treat them like they died. Like mm -hmm. they sometimes do on other shows. I, I can see that like, she's still around. She's still going to be cheering people on and we're going to get Renee's commentary on the next individual challenge, which should be entertaining. Yeah, I, it's interesting that Phil explicitly and this has certainly happened in the past, right? Especially yeah. this is how I think he fell in love with Rufer Lee was constantly turning to him as a co-commentator. But like Phil explicitly said to Sinithia, yeah, like you better be ready because I'm going to come to you for sound bites throughout this. Uh, so, you know, well, get, get your cheerleading prepared. routine ready. Yeah, she came prepared. She was ready. And I think Renee will be a perfect uh, member of the cheer squad in that regard. You know, she has those those bright colors to her and the bright personality to match. So I think we're two for two in a good peanut gallery moving forward. Yeah, I like I like this addition to the peanut gallery, even if I am sad for Renee for having to leave the individual competition. 
Speaking of the peanut gallery, they're going to be rooting on the remaining 10 contestants as next week, again, perhaps showing uh, two sides of a very different coin. We go from loving the earth and planting trees to pouring copious amounts of oil all over a V8 engine as we are uh, getting our hands dirty in a very different way. Next episode, we're going mechanical. We're going inside the garage. Uh, Just any predictions or thoughts about us pivoting very hard to the automotive industry? Well, what auto part is Phil going to hold up and say, who knows what this is? Which I feel like that's the that might be the most iconic tough as nails moment to date. Yeah, I don't know, because it seems like, again, everything took place inside. Maybe there was more inclement weather that maybe would not have them searching the car park like they did before. But it looks like, I don't know, maybe they're doing a bit of like pit crew stuff, even though they did have a pit crew challenge last season of, uh, you know, changing things out for a car. Looks like the individual challenge is like, start up a v8 engine we don't even see what overtime is but uh the lack of i think dramatic close-ups on like something happening with the people means we're not going to get any sort of sergio-like injuries in, uh, injury but i think the change in setting just continues to, to beat home this point of anything can happen on any given day george just won three thousand dollars that may be the only three thousand dollars he wins throughout the season because he may be eliminated next week right do we think that money is going to continue to go up yeah, it's an interesting point, right? Because we started with 2K, went to 3K. I'm going to imagine it stays at 3K for a little bit. And then maybe, I don't know, halfway through the season, ups to 4K. Because at this point, it would be, what, 9, 10K by the end of the season? Well, again, that's that's a drop in the bucket for these shows. Like, they- Well, now, well, now especially, right? Like, now that Phil yeah. has sort of proved the proof of concept with Tough as Nails, he's like, okay, now give me a little bit more money so I can uh, schlep this out to these to these people. Yeah, pull it out of the funds that the Belgian version paid them to license the brand. Yeah, that's true as well. We got that Belgium money, baby. Let's uh, yeah. funnel it into some more money for the contestants. Yeah, I'll be I'll be intrigued to see it. Not to say that like these contestants need any further incentive to win the individual challenge, but obviously they bear more and more importance as the game goes along. And perhaps adding a bit of chunk of change on there as well will be another, for lack of a better term, badge of honor for people to wear. Yeah. Oh, can we go back to the badge of honor for a second? Sure, absolutely. Because, you know, much has been made of the badge of honor on this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I like the size that it is now. It's like a giant poker chip. <laughs> but I had another thought and I okay. maybe I have had this thought before. This feels like a very this feels like very much the kind of thing I would bring up. But what if the badge of honor was magnetic and you stuck it onto the damn van after you won it, it would be a visual cue to show you how many, how many, how many of these competitions each team has won and where we are in the standings. Yeah. It's very much like the pyramid pieces from the uh, much missed endurance show that uh, Jonathan from survivor came from. You need like a physical representation of how many team challenges that you've won or like boy scout badges. Oh yeah, we did this. We got our plant badge. We got our carpentry badge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it comes from the stickers that you put on your helmet, you should be sticking it somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe uh, magnetic is a good idea just because of the rain that would prevent things from sliding up. Like imagine they're driving the damn van and I don't know, there's a three car pileup behind them because a bunch of badges of honor just (laughs) flew up into oncoming traffic. Yeah. Yeah, although I, I would imagine that if you're trying to evade spoilers, you'd probably just stick them on as a set piece while you're at the task and then mm. you take them off. Oh, yeah. We know that the reality fan forum people are tailing the damn vans to figure out how what the, the progress is on the team challenges. So far. I don't put it past them and they are they are shrewd. These RFF people. 
Well, if it's the Amazing Race offseason and they need something better to do, then perhaps. Uh, Jess, any final thoughts about episode three of Toughest Nails season four? We're already like a third of the way through the season. Yeah, I I guess it's, it's we're two weeks in, Mike. I, I know, know. A third of the but, way through the season feels like splitting hairs. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we have probably 10 episodes. I'm assuming we're going to double up on the finale as well. So sure. only only eight weeks because I think they're trying to get it in before Survivor premieres uh, on March 1st, though. It is airing at 10 p.m., so maybe they, they might be able to extend it a little bit. So, yeah, we'll be technically halfway through its airing schedule next week if that holds. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool, though. Um, I wouldn't mind this being like a like, what if we just had a Wednesday night reality block and it was Survivor, Amazing Race and Tough as Nails, like two hours of fill. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, from your lips to the president of CBS is I don't think Rob would like this. I mean, Rob might lose a bit of sleep, we say, as this man is trying to take on 48 hours straight of podcasting about the traitors. But he's up for the challenge. He is ready to go to work, as are we all. Uh, Jess, is there anything that you'd like to plug, either from a social media or a podcast perspective, as we begin to pack down the dirt on this podcast? Um, no, I think we can. I I think we can safely plant it. Um, we can plant it here. You can follow me on all the social medias at Haymaker Hattie to get my thoughts on this and many other fine programs in the firmament. Although this is the only thing I'm podcasting about at the moment, taking a little bit of a yatus um, to focus on the actual job i get a paycheck for so i'm still around though and i love to hear from everybody uh we love to hear about how you're enjoying the podcast so far mm-hmm. um it's a little disheartening when the only person that tweets us at us about how we're doing on the podcast is phil we like to think I mean, that more people it's, are listening it's a badge of honor but at the same time yeah yes. <laughs> we don't want to not hear from phil but we'd like to hear from all of you as well Absolutely. So let us know either from our Tough as Nails only podcast feed. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to sign up here as well. We'll be on YouTube before the entire season for the first time. Of course, you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type from a reality TV perspective. Of course, I have my hands deep in the dirt of everything that is going on. I've mentioned the traders before. I got to do interviews with not only the host, Alan Cumming, but several reality TV luminaries that are appearing on the show that is out today. And again, as I mentioned before, if you're interested in coverage of that, Rob and Puya have you covered. They are doing a podcast for every episode, every other hour, essentially. Uh, the schedule is up there online on our RHAP social media. And if you're a patron of RHAP, you get the benefit of being able to watch those episodes along in the Discord. You don't need no Peacock. You just need that Patreon. So be sure to check all that out if you're interested. I'm doing uh, some some like spotty exit press for the circle as well as that's concluding that season. I'm getting together with Shade and Gus to do some Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains cast assessments. We did the heroes last week, doing the villains this week. That was a lot of fun. A lot of malarkey went down and assumingly a lot more will too. And then over on Posture Recaps, I'm beginning to kick off my coverage of The Last of Us, uh, the newest zombie-laden piece of media coming to HBO Sunday night, the embargo is officially lifted for reviews, and it's been nothing but incredible things. So I'm excited to get into that with Grace Leader and much more to come. Last thing I do want to plug is the other show that is perhaps I would say like a competitor, but also a compatriot uh, in the foxhole on Wednesday nights with Tough as Nails, which is Special Forces of uh, the 
Fox reality show that tricked a bunch of celebrities into going through boot camp. It's in the foxhole in more than one way. Exactly. Uh, And so Rob and Jenny Autumn are covering that. I believe at this point they put out their episode three recap as well. If you're into watching these celebrities really be, you know, brought through the ringer and pushed to their limits, uh, be sure to check out that coverage as well. It really is all about like showing grit on Wednesday nights at the beginning of 2023. I don't know what that says about the year that's ahead of us, but it's fairly coincidental. Yeah, I think this probably says more about our 2023 than um, and how that's all going to go than like the song that was number one on our 23rd birthday. I agree as well. I think we'll look back at this at the end like, no wonder these two shows were leading us off at the beginning of 2023 when they knew what we'd go through. 2023, the year of grit. Well, I'm ready to get gritty, not the mascot, and continue to push through. Not push through, we're really enjoying it, but to to keep on driving through tough as nails as next week we go inside the garage to continue season four with episode four. Thank you all so much for listening. Jess, great work as per usual. We'll be back with Rob next week covering tough as nails season four. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.